You are listening to the podcast of New Life Church in Wayland, Michigan. Our longing is to see zero people in our community living unchanged by Jesus. We are a church navigating the messiness of life together in community. One of our core convictions is that everyone is welcome, no one is perfect, and anything is possible. I hope you know there is a place in the family for you here. For more information on gathering times and location, check out our website. But for now, I hope God speaks powerfully to you through this word. Hey, New Life Church, Pastor Brad here. One of our favorite traditions as a church is something we call Youth Takeover Sunday. And just like the name suggests, this is a Sunday morning where our 6th through 12th grade students take over every aspect of our service. Now, if you were to come in on a weekend service, you would most likely and most often see students serving in pretty much every capacity on a regular basis. But this Sunday, Youth Takeover is one where our students take over every single aspect of the service, from leading our coffee and our hospitality ministry, to leading worship and even teaching the message. And so today's podcast is from our Youth Takeover Sunday. It is three small sermonettes from three of our students. And I just got to say, as I was listening to our students teach, I was challenged and blessed. And I hope today's message does the same for you. And so without further delay, I hope you enjoy Youth Takeover Sunday 2023. My name is Andy Hines. I'm a upcoming junior at Northview High School. My family just moved. Um, and I'll be starting us off today. How's that sound? All right. How many of you guys have ever lost your wallet? I've probably lost this at least like six times this week. And I lost it on the way getting here somehow in my car. Um, I have to be the worst person with my wallet because, um, as you know, I lost it. But I think one of the worst times when I lost it was when I got back from Blue Lake Fine Arts Camp. And I just couldn't find it. Like, I had it, I went to work with it, and I just lost it. And I probably searched my house a thousand times for it. And even in my car. But I couldn't find it. So by, like, the fifth day, I uh, was like, okay, let me check my car again. It was in the glove box. So today, I would like to dive into a story about lost things. So this is Luke 15, verses 1 through 7, and this is the parable of the lost sheep. This is also from the Passion Translation, so if you open your Bible app, you will not find this version. So the story goes, Many dishonest tax collectors and other notorious sinners often gathered around to listen as Jesus taught the people, um, this raised concerns among the Jewish religion, religious leaders and experts of the law. Indigenous, they grumbled and complained, saying, Look how this man associates with all these notorious sinners and welcomes them, welcomes them all to come, to come to him. In response, Jesus gave them this illustration. There once was a shepherd with a hundred lambs, but one of, the, one of his lambs wandered away and was lost. So the shepherd left the ninety-nine lambs out in the open field and searched in the wilderness, for that one lost lamb. He didn't stop until he finally found it. With exuberant joy, he raised it up, placed it on his shoulders, and carried it back with cheerful delight. Returning home, he called all of his friends and neighbors together and said, let's have a party. Come and celebrate with, with me the return of my lost lamb. It wandered away, but I found it and brought it home. 
Jesus continued, in the same way, there will be more glorious celebration in heaven over the rescue of one lost sinner who repents, comes back home, and returns to the fold, more so than all the righteous people who never strayed away. Pretty deep stuff, if I say so. So, um, I grew up in a very traditional church, um, and you'd have to go through um, many different sacraments, as they called them, not just baptism, to be a confirmed member of the church. And this really turned me away from the church, and I kind of gave it up for like 14 years of my life, I'd say, if that. Um, So, I got invited here multiple times after I moved, and I said, no, the church isn't for me. It's not my thing. I think many people have felt that way, if I'm right. Anybody ever feel like that? Yeah, okay. So, two friends finally invited me, and I got here, and I was like, man, I really dig this church. So, um, I started coming a whole bunch. I started attending youth group, and everything was great. I mean, I couldn't, I can't explain how great of a time that was. But that all changed in late fall of last year when, out of nowhere, everything just started feeling like it was going downhill for me. And I completely turned my back on the church and said, once again, it wasn't for me. And this lasted until about winter of this year. So during this time, I was very addicted to adult content, very suicidal, I'd say. Um, I would be very irritable with people. And I've lashed out at good people, and I you know, shouldn't have. However, I had one friend invite me back. All through a snap, and I tried inviting this person to church multiple, or back to church and youth group multiple times. And it was funny that he sent me this snap, because you know, I had tried getting him. And he just said, you going to youth group tonight? And my first thought was, this is stupid. Who would want to do that? Because God's never helped me in the past six months, it feels like. So why would I go to that? But after thinking, I said, I'll go do this one last time. I'll finish up my business at this church, and that'll be it with me in the church, and I'll be done. However, I enjoyed youth group a little bit too much that night. (laughs) So I returned week after week. And then I went and saw this movie called Jesus Revolution, which really changed everything in my life, I'd say. It not only restored my faith in the church, but also in myself and started helping me become a better person, I'd say. Caused me to get baptized and everything about that. So also when I returned back to the church, I forgot to mention this. Sorry, I'm really bad with timeline stuff, with storytelling. Um, It was almost as if people were rejoicing when I got back because everybody was so happy to see me because I brought, I would, I'm one of the few guys in the high school group that have like deep conversations, I'd say. Um, and it was just, it was, it felt good. And I think that was the reason I came back. And I think that really relates to the last two verses of this. And let me go over this again. Returning home, he called all his friends and neighbors together and said, let's have a party. Come and celebrate with me the return of my lost lamb. It wandered away, but I found it and brought it home. Jesus continued, in the same way, there will be more glorious celebration in heaven over the rescue of one lost sinner who repents, comes back home, and returns to the fold, more so than all the righteous people who never strayed away. And let me add in Luke 19.10 to the mix, which says, the Son of Man has come to seek out 
and to give life to those who are lost. And I've talked to, to some of our youth leaders here about this, and a lot of us agreed that people are just thinking that Jesus is just going to find them out of nowhere. You know, he, he's on a stroll through a park waiting for you. But, you know, he's not. He's seeking you out. And maybe you've been waiting to physically hear God's voice or see a vision from God. Maybe you've heard everyone else feeling the presence of God and you're just waiting for him to show up. But Jesus isn't, you know, taking his time to find you. He's seeking you out, as I said, and he's on a pursuit because that's all he wants. And all you have to do to get to this spot is to open your ears and your eyes and everything works itself from there. I want everybody to take a moment to think about that one person who is part of the, you know, there's not the 99 sheep, who is the one lost lamb, you know? And I know you've been thinking about it since I told this story. So, and if you're saying to yourself, um, wait, my bad. Read a wrong part here, my bad. Um, <laughs> think about that person real quick, because I have that person in my life, and before all of the COVID stuff went down, he was a really good person. He was really deep in his faith, but then everything turned upside down, and he's completely turned his back. And I've tried getting him to go to church multiple times, but it just never feels. So I'm going to challenge everybody here next week to bring a person with them that they know is the one lost sheep, because then they'll be rejoicing in heaven and here. All right, so who out here thinks they're a good dancer? Raise your hand if you do. <laughs> Raise your hand if you do. Okay, now I want you to put that hand down because you are all lying. Um, after those dance moves I just saw, yikes, okay. Anyways, I'm a dancer. I've been dancing for 12 years, and despite the ups and downs I may have with it, it's one of my passions and something I don't know what I would do without it. Now, we all have things that we value, all things that we have passions and hobbies we don't know how to live without. But what if that was taken from you? Say your best friend moved across the state and you could not see them anymore. Um, what if you broke your arm and leg and you couldn't participate in that sport anymore? What if a family pet passed away? Or what if you lost your voice and you couldn't sing? I don't know what it is for you, but what if you couldn't do what you loved? You would do anything to fight for it, right? You would take a trip to go see your friend. You would get a new pet to help the lost of the lost one. You would go to rehab to help heal your arm and leg. And you would eat plenty of popsicles to help with your voice. If you value whatever it is enough, you'll be willing to fight for it. In our passage today, this woman values this coin as so much that she goes through crazy situations to find it. Now in Luke 15, 8 through 10, follow along with me if you have your Bibles. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Does, a light a lamp, does she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friend and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found the lo my lost coin in the same way. I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So, as it shows, 
this woman has 10 coins. This little piece of metal that means nothing meant so much to her that she teared her house apart. She maybe, maybe even flipped a chair like that crazy, did in the, that crazy girl did in that video. I have no clue what was going through her mind. <laughs> she searched high and low and did everything. Why did this coin mean so much to her? She had nine others, right? It didn't matter. She wanted all 10. That's what God does. He values you no matter what. Now, when these photos appear, it shows that no matter what, even if you're depressed, exhausted from working two jobs, taking care of kids, serving for different places, and maybe even feeling guilt from the past. Now, you may think, I'm not valued. I'm not enough. All the negative thoughts running through your mind. But that's not how it is with him. Whatever it is, you are valued by God. The people around you are valued by God. As a matter of fact, the people you dislike the most are valued by God. God values people, and we have to be willing enough to value them the way he does. He, you may have to flip tables over and rip your house apart and look high and low for those things, for the lost, to help them find Jesus. Now, a few years back, there was a tour in Iceland. And one of the tourists broke away from the group, and they had no idea where she went. So they had a big search party happening over this one woman. Now, police were involved. Everyone in the group was involved. Turns out, the woman was found by herself. And turns out, she went to the bathroom to take a bathroom break, and she changed into a sweatshirt. No one recognized her because she changed. Now, imagine how that woman felt knowing she was so valued and loved by those people she didn't even know, that they would drop everything to find her. Now, who is that lost person in your life? Who is that person, if they were found by Jesus, everything would change? How would they feel knowing that you value them so much? Do you have that person? Remember, God values the people that, those people more than you. Our job is to hurt, search and help those people found, be found by Jesus. From our pas passage in Luke 15, the woman, once she found that coin, was going everywhere, telling everyone, all of her friends and family, and rejoicing and celebrating about it. Now imagine how much celebration happens when, the lost, when lost people are found by Jesus. There's always celebration when the lost has been found. Y'all, I don't know what was happening in that video. I, I, don't, I don't know who was in that. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, well, good morning, everybody. My name is Lorelai. I'm an upcoming senior at Wheeling Union High School. And before I start, can we just give a quick hand to Libby and Andy real quick? They are just killing it this morning. This is their first time doing this, so I'm just, I'm so proud of them. All right, now, before we start, I have a quick question for everyone in this room. Who here knows who Taylor Swift is? Raise your hands. Uh, all right, okay. Now I'm gonna be, this, okay. Now, if you didn't raise your hand respectfully, you have got to be living under a rock. <laughs> like, I mean that in the nicest way possible. Taylor Swift is one of the biggest singer-songwriters out there. Like, she's like most, third most streamed artist in the entire world. She like, she's got more money than I will ever have in my lifetime. I'm just saying. But, 
So, you know, Taylor Swift, right? As some of you know, she's been going on a very popular tour called the Eras Tour. Now, since she's been, she's been touring this tour since like March. Now, personally, I am a huge Swifty, so if any of you have tickets and, you know, want to give them to me, I'm not going to refuse, you know. Please give me tickets. They're so expensive, I can't afford them, guys. But as I said, she's been touring in the Eras Tour since March. Now, recently, I would say about two weeks ago, she was in Seattle during this Eras Tour. Now, at these shows in Seattle, excited Swifties made so much movement, it caused the equivalent of a 2.3 magnitude earthquake. A 2.3 magnitude earthquake just from a concert. That's crazy, guys. Just, you know, all of this movement just from seeing a singer. That's, that's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Now, all of this was from people cheering at a concert. People celebrate and cheer at a lot of things. Sports game is one of them. There are other things, too. When the ball drops on New Year's, or like when main acts enter at concerts. Now, what if we could join heaven in celebration? What if we could cheer with the angels? What if we can join the angels in a celebration that would shake the world? That is what we are going to finish with today. Now, the last passage we are looking at is Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. This is the story of the prodigal son. How many here know, who the, know the story of the prodigal son? Raise your hands. Oh, good. That's a lot of you. Okay, so I'm not going to just talk and not make any sense. Now, a quick summary for you guys. Basically, in this story, there's two sons. They're two brothers, an older brother and a younger brother. Now, the younger brother approaches his father one day and asks his dad for his share of the inheritance. Now, if you don't understand the significance of this, an inheritance is the money you receive from a parent when you, they die. But this son basically decided, you know what, my dad's taking too long to die. I'm gonna go ask him for his money. Now, personally, if I went to my dad and went, dad, you're taking too long to die. I want your money. He'd kick me out of the house. He'd be like, get out of my face. Yeah, so the crazy part about that is, the father gives him the money. He gives him the money. And then this younger son, he goes and he loses all of it. He spends it on gambling, on drinking, prostitutes, anything. He wastes all his money. He loses so much money, he ends up living with pigs. He's living in a pig pen. With, he is the lowest of the low. And so at his lowest of the low, he, goes, he has nothing left to do, so he goes back to his father. Because he just decides, you know, that's it. That's all I have to do at this point. That's all I can do. Now, can you imagine being that father? Your son asks you for the money you get when you die, and you're not even dead yet, and then comes back to your house after he wastes all of it. Like I said, my dad would have kicked me out the moment I asked him for his money. But the fact that I came back after losing all of it, mm -mm, I'm not even let on the property at this point. But that's not what happened. If you have your Bibles, flip with me to Luke verses 22, chapter 15, verses 22 through 24. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and the best sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it, and we'll have, let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Now we've talked about the lost sheep and the lost coin. Each one of these three stories ends, ends the same. In celebration, there's this incredible joy that comes with with the loss being found. In fact, in the story, the father is so overjoyed that his son has been found that he immediately kills the fattened calf so they can celebrate with a meal. 
Now, the father in this story was most likely saving the calf for a banquet or a party of some sort. The calf was something for celebration. The father didn't even hesitate to bring this calf out for his son, simply because there was nothing better to celebrate with. Now, some of you might be thinking about the obvious elephant in the room, the older brother. In the story, the older brother didn't want to celebrate. In fact, he was, he ref, he was so upset, he refused to even acknowledge the prodigal son as his brother. In verse 30, he says, this son of yours. Two reactions to the same event, one of happiness and celebration, and one of resentment. Now, church, here's a question for you. Who do you identify with? Are you the father welcoming back and celebrating what, that what has lost been found? Are you the brother who is resentful for someone who has done so much wrong has been forgiven? I want us to be a church of fathers who celebrates the loss being found. I want, a, I want to be a church that welcomes anyone and everyone into the arms of Jesus, that celebrates whoever discovers and rediscovers Jesus. And not only do we want to, I want us to be a church of fathers, we have to be a church of fathers because at some point in our lives, we were the prodigal son. We have all strayed away from God at one point. We have all made mistakes. We have, to be, we have to have that kind of forgiveness that the Father has so we can encourage more people to come to Jesus, that we can encourage more people to find salvation. Church, here's a call for you all today. I hope to be a church that celebrates with people. I hope to be a church that goes crazy when a person who is so far away from God is now in a relationship with him. As we close with worship today, I challenge you to pray for someone that you care deeply about, that they would be found, that they would have a relationship with Jesus, and we could celebrate with them. All right. My name is Lorelai. It's been a pleasure to be up here, and now we're going to close with worship. Thank you. Thank you.